0: buddy guys. Got your martini. <laughs> it's actually a giant uh, Coke from Whataburger but I'll move it. I always
1: take Coke before I do the podcast so yeah. it's cool. <laughs> you have to. It's the only way to get through it. Ladies and gentlemen pray for no triple X reboot. I'm Kent Garrison.
0: <laughs> I'm Brian Gill. And I'm Richard Barton. And this is Mad About Maybe. da 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 You found it. Hey, you realize that? Oh, yeah. The whole world got crazy! It's showtime. Mad About Movies is your go to movie podcast for all things concerning the world of cinema. We talk about movie news, movie rumors, and movie rumblings. And then at the end of the show, or towards the middle of the show, we talk about our chosen movie of the week. Stick around for the end of the show if you want to hear our weekly recommend. Brian, this week's movie of the week is...
2: Tonight we'll be talking about Riddick. Don't know how many times I've been crossed off the list and left for dead. So
1: this, this ain't nothing new. Now, uh, I'm not familiar with most of the Riddick stuff. I'll be honest. And I'm glad, from what I can tell... In this franchise. I'm sort of glad I was not very familiar with it. Because, <laughs> but we'll talk more about it later. I don't know what y'all guys' thoughts uh, yet on it. You could have you loved it. You're right, it. we could have.
0: We could have, yeah. That, that could have been impossible. That's a very apt way of putting it. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Movie news. Yes! Rumors and rumbling. That's
1: awesome! Let the filibustering begin. But guys, it's been pretty slow. I'll be honest. It has. September's the worst. It's very, uh, it's very dry. This Every is the time. absolute pits of the movie season. It mean, is. It's probably worse than even the spring. It's worse than bad Jan- stuff in the spring, but I mean, at least there's
0: Neeson in the spring. <laughs>
1: yeah. I feel like more and more studios are pushing movies to January though, because yeah. they're still kind of Oscar eligible there. Yeah, that's the thing. At least I mean, the new movies that come out in January
2: probably usually are pretty bad, but at least there's you know limited release independent films that you know didn't get a didn't get out into wide distribution until like the middle of January so at least we have that September is officially the dumping ground
1: it's awful man i don't think anything of note has been released this month in a couple of years i'm trying to think back to what was last year on this time wasn't it the uh premium rush yeah yeah and i can't can't quite remember what else is around this time? But yeah, it's just the, an awful time for both movie um, release windows and movie news rumors and rumblings. But I do have a few things, if you guys um, can oblige me on that, that I would yeah. like to discuss.
0: But there's always, before you go into it, the only good thing about September is uh, a lot of times we get at least our first reviews of stuff coming in uh, from Oscar season because of the Toronto Film Festival. So yeah. that is the one kind of perk of September is at least movies that we're really going to care about in two months are starting to you know actually see audiences or rather audiences audiences are about to see them. But anyway, continue what you were saying, Ken.
1: Sure. No. Yeah. You're you're absolutely right. And I was going to talk about some brief impressions of some movies coming out later this year. Actually, right now, so that's perfect timing, Richard. Thank you for that. Uh, we're, that's always all I do. On, we're always I'm a on that wavelength. Yeah. Let's. Um, but- Let's talk about what James Cameron talked about on um, – about Alfonso Cuarón's Gravity. Yeah. I texted you guys his little quote there, and I think the the stint of what he said, and I think it is a direct quote for me to say. He said it's the best space movie ever. Wow. Am I – Wow. Did I yeah. transcribe that correctly you to it. you guys that from what I – from the he exact did. quote. He had a
0: few S F bombs but we'll edit those out of the podcast.
1: <laughs> but, greatest space... How, how can you say that? Like, I... Man. I don't know. Riddick was pretty great. So. <laughs> was it a space movie? I felt like it was I in the know. Grand Canyon half the time. Uh, <laughs> like, uh, it, 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 I mean, that's such a high pedestal to... I mean, so the greatest movies ever are space films, you know? Yeah. You put Star Wars in 2001 there. And that's two of the top five, at least, you know, of greatest movies ever. Not even space movies ever, you know. So, I mean, that's it, it's I'm such, such it's sure. not 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 very surprising though. I mean, it's a it's it's sort of a movie we've been hyping pretty. Yeah, it looks incredible.
2: Like I can't wait to watch that movie.
0: When, yeah, me
1: too. When I was in Riddick this past weekend, um, the I closed my eyes during the Gravity trailer wasn't the, wasn't the only time I closed my eyes during the movie screen. <laughs> but, but, I mean, every trailer that's come out, I literally will close my eyes because I don't want to see another frame of, like, yeah. footage before I see the movie, you know? Totally. Sure. If, I feel like it's one of those things where they could spoil a lot in a trailer with a movie that's so basic like that. That's about, you know, if you know one thing that happens, really, sure. I, it could r- ruin it. You know, so I... I've really, you know, tried to avoid it, but it sounded awesome.
2: hmm Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, Sandra Bullock sounds great screaming, you know, <laughs> which is not a surprise. But, yeah, apparently it's a masterpiece. So yeah, I'm, 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 let me just say, I'm, my Oscar list, prediction list, which is posted on the website, madaboutmoviespodcast.com right now. Nice. It's looking good so far. I think I've got, reviews have come in for three movies. Um, Gravity, which we're, we're talking about now, and 12 Years a Slave reviews have come in for, which apparently, I mean, it's getting Schindler's List type talk. Right. And uh, Captain Phillips, like apparently it's, you know, another Hanks being Hanks, you know. Yeah. So, and that's exciting. I mean, what totally. have you, you guys heard about, about any of those movies? If it's going to be,
0: I wish, I bet all these uh, movies wish they had, you know, been released last year. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. I mean, I think it's going to be the most competitive Oscars. I, you know, I was born in the mid '80s, um, so maybe in my lifetime. I mean, I, I hate to say that. I know '94 was huge, and but man, there's like seven, eight, nine movies that I could easily see winning Best Picture. Yeah. Um, yeah. Interesting. I, I'm pumped. It's, it's a year I'm really glad they went to the uh, 10 nominee format for Best Picture because uh, sure. it's the first year that's really warranted it.
1: It seems it's looking that way. And, man, my fingers are crossed that a lot of the ones that look great right now end up being great. You know, so far yeah. it's been that way. I mean, it's been kind of a really predictable year. Yeah. I know, we didn't really talk about that last week on our recap episode, or summer recap, but, I mean, it's been a pretty – predictable year as far as we can tell what's going to be good and bad just from the buzz and uh, and the trailer. Uh, Other than maybe Man of Steel, I mean I just don't know what, I need to see that movie again to, to know why it wasn't epic you know, because there's so many great elements in it, but that's a topic for another day, which we need to get to, but man it's it's officially Oscar season. I mean, this this week was is it awful. I think next week, I don't know if what's what's really coming out in the theater. But I mean, this after that, I mean, Gravity's first week of October. So yeah,
0: sure. that's it's, kind of the first kicks it off. That's the only thing I would worry about with that one. Maybe not getting. Sometimes it's the most recent uh, movie gets a lot of the recognition just because sure. Oscar voters' memories are short. Um, but uh, The Help came out in the summer, didn't it? Yeah, Uh, a few years ago and it got a lot of at least acting awards so I mean maybe that's getting that's changing but no this is uh, look I I love this time of year much more than the blockbuster time of year for me it's just the movies I tend to like are normally smaller Um, and I love I mean look you're talking to a guy who loves Fast 6 so it's not like I'm elevated or anything but I just I I normally get more excited for this time than any other uh, time of the year and so uh, I'm, I'm 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 geared up. I kind of am glad, you know, as as boring as it is, and as difficult as it is to do a podcast about movies during this time of year, it's nice to have a little reprieve because I'm I'm probably going to be at the movies about twice a week starting in October, uh, which for you guys is is normal, but uh, for me, you know, and actually sitting through entire movies.
1: (laughs) And for me, trying to plan out and schedule this podcast when we're going to be able to, I mean, there's there's multiple weeks between now and uh, New Year's Eve, the New Year where. I mean, there's three movies a week that warrant a podcast. Yeah, you know, so we're really going to be pushing a lot of content out. I have a feeling this coming fall, which is good. I mean, I it's I'm really legitimately looking forward to seeing a lot of these movies. I mean, oh, legitimately looking forward to it. I mean, in years past, there's been, yeah, you can see. I mean, a lot. I don't like it when they try to push blockbusters into Christmas. You know, sure. Like, I think we're getting The Hobbit this year, but I mean, in years past, it was like Avatar came out over Christmas, and like, it kind
0: it's of always it really did. To... I mean,
1: Avatar overshadowed all the Oscar movies that year, yeah. and even... But it,
0: it won, you know, it was arguably the frontrunner for Best Picture didn't win, but uh, it was a shocker when it didn't win, right? Didn't Bigelow win, or or did it win, and then yeah. she won Best Director? Yeah. I don't remember. No, Hurt, no, Hurt Locker
2: I won. Hurt Locker okay, won. so I thought... Yeah.
0: So, I mean, so that's still, even though it was a huge movie, was, you know, c- considered a contender for the oscar which i don't think or the rings was as well you know it was kind of crossed that bridge of being both an oscar caliber film and a uh and a big big blockbuster but uh i don't think the hobbits really have at least the first one didn't have nearly the critical or awards type uh acclaim yeah uh well let's
1: move on since we are brian the yeah. official podcast of star wars uh-huh yeah
0: i know what you are going to talk about this time for once
1: what? Go ahead, then.
0: The new subtitle?
1: Yeah, the possible, rumored Look at me, uh, guys. Start <laughs> Look at uh, that. yeah, that's, there's, that's the only bit of news, Richard. It's, you're, no, you're no wizard there. But you can, go <laughs> and, you can go ahead and spoil it. Go for it.
0: I'm more of a Jedi.
1: <laughs> ah, I get
0: it. Nice. <gasps> it's the one
1: character I know. Because are right talking about Star
0: Wars. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I gotcha. I don't want to take it. This is your thing. I was just excited because I like Star Wars, but I haven't been keeping up with the news like you guys. Hey, you can
1: break the news and I'll just give my thoughts when after Brian. You sure? So,
0: yeah. I don't want to take this moment for you. Okay. Right, the the rumored uh, new sub- subtitle for the new Star Wars movie is A New Dawn, which is better than the... Uh, Previously uh, thought of one, which was Star Wars Episode Seven: Breaking Dawn Part Three. <laughs> so I think they made the right decision, right?
1: That's, that's debatable. I mean, you got a guaranteed audience with Breaking Dawn, you know—the <laughs> It's a, the crossover we've all been waiting for. <laughs> well, we've been talking about ways for them to in know, the future reach the female Jedi. audience. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Brian. What are your thoughts on the
2: new Dawn? It's fine. it's, it's fine. I, I mean, I kind of would like you to I mean Star Wars is my favorite movie franchise of all time. There's no denying that. I would like my favorite franchise of all time to avoid any similarity to the Twilight movies. but you know that's it's really just that's that's kind of nitpicking to be honest but that, that's fine. It's a good title. It's better than the clone the Attack of the Clones. That's the uh, one of the worst titles ever so, I, think, I
1: think Phantom Menace takes the cake. It makes no uh, sense. It, it has nothing to no do with anything in the movie.
2: Attack is one of the worst titles of all time. Like, that that conjures images of, like, a 1950s schlocky t- – I mean, it just awful, awfulness. I, I still kind of can't believe that that was ever
0: allowed to
1: happen, it's
0: Just terrible. You know, I was thinking about this the other day. This is my Star Wars thought of the day, and I'm sure I'm, – there's no way I'm the first person to have this thought – well, I kind of like them in this new trilogy to work in Earth. Uh-huh. Oh. Huh. And work That's in not even Earth a
1: crossover Star Trek though. Yeah,
0: yeah, but no, work in Earth just like a quick stopover, 5-minute scene, but it's like civil war times because it is a long time ago in a galaxy far sure. away. That would be pretty Maybe. dope, right? Yeah, or like I that. medieval Earth. It's like medieval Earth and they're like these primitive earthlings. And just like, "Oh, we all have a laugh." And then move it on to space my idea That's, for the day
1: it's actually a pretty pretty decent idea that you got there richard thanks and yeah. i'll i'll pass it on to my my pal jar jar abrams <laughs> we start
2: start a, a spec script there buddy for like one of the standalone movies It'd be great. yeah maybe but
0: it, that would cut into my boy meets world fan fiction time
1: <laughs> i love it when i predicted the boba fett rising from the abyss for the beginning of episode seven on one of our early podcasts, and then Patton Oswalt ranted yeah. about it on his little filibuster. <laughs> that's still, man, if that happens, that's still going to be such an epic intro. You yeah. Know? If it, oh, if they opened it with that. oh, well, I don't can't remember exactly what he says. He's like, the, the camera pans down to a long shot of Tatooine. And then a fist. <laughs> I don't even remember the exact phrasing, but it's classic.
0: Catch your breath there, Ken.
1: <laughs> Classic. Um, oh, what else is there? Will Smith guys might join the Independence Day sequels.
0: Yay! Because there's so, nothing else to do. I guess well,
1: there's a chance I might see it
0: now. Yeah,
1: Because yeah. I wouldn't see it uh, if there was no Will Smith. I, I didn't know Jeff he Goldblum, wasn't, in,
0: dude. I didn't know he wasn't involved. I thought that was the whole point of making them. Is was he really yeah. not involved? Or he yeah.
1: wasn't involved because his What's price the? was too high. But apparently after. After Earth bombed, his price dropped a lot. Yeah, <laughs> uh, because he didn't really have a reason to argue that. Hey, I, any movie I'm in can, yeah, get, guarantee money. So, man, ID four so, two. Now we can start asking the question:
0: <laughs> What role? What roles will Jaden and or Willow play? Right. In um, ID
1: four, yes, that is that. It's true. Jaden will play probably young Will Smith, you know. Or that flashbacks. kid he, he had
0: the he had the kid or step kid or whatever in the first one, so that yeah. kid's going to be pissed because he's yeah. out of a gig because they'll no <laughs> replace him with Jaden.
1: The yeah. kid that played, um, Bucky yeah, the, the, on yeah. Yeah, Little Rascals, and he the, was Will
0: Smith's like little cousin on Fresh Prince too. Yeah,
1: <laughs> Little Rascals. This is our first <laughs> Little Rascals mention on the Mad About Movies podcast. <laughs> Great Whoopi Goldberg performance and. Uh, reba mcintyre same movie yeah.
0: <laughs> i was at a party once when i was in college at unt and uh i'm sitting here talking to this guy for like five ten minutes and then, <laughs> you know i just i don't even nothing occurs to me at all and then i walk away and the girl i'm dating at the time was like oh yeah you know that guy was spanky <laughs> <laughs> yeah he,
1: movie. he was from here and alfalfa yeah. was from around here too yeah.
0: yeah so i had like a 20 minute uh conversation with spanky one time on like sound design or something <laughs> so top that that's pretty that's all right i i name drop i apologize I that one act.
1: girl from the school of rock goes to my school so
0: oh yeah beat, that's right beat that school that is... of rock
1: 10-year reunion guys
0: No, oh, i'm weeping right now i, keep, I can't <laughs> just believe
2: the we... mention made made richard burst into tears <laughs>
0: i can't believe, I can't we believe it's there content. i know it i was I in I, would love to, I love School of Rock. I don't care what any of you say. It's a great movie.
1: It is a great movie. And our School of Rock bonus episode is coming I'll be up right after this. If I could this. get
0: through it without sobbing. <laughs> the only movie that makes me cry. Schindler's List, nothing. School of Rock. <laughs> it's pretty amazing. There's a video on YouTube
1: that has come out of them performing yeah. after the – they did like a screening of it. And then they did a Q and A afterward, which was awesome. probably awesome. And hopefully, video surfaces soon of that. Yeah. But they did a performance afterward, and man, they shred absolutely. <laughs> I, I had no idea that that guitar player was legitimately yeah, that good.
0: He's nasty. And uh, people forget, like that's a Richard Linklater kids movie. Like, how yeah. awesome is that?
1: Seriously, Richard Linklater is one of my favorites, man. Yeah, totally. And what 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 are what have we talked about of his before? I feel like we've talked about... Oh, Bernie? Do we did yeah. we talk about... Bur- we talked about Bernie on the radio a lot last year. I don't know if we ever talked to Bernie on the on the podcast. But Bernie was one of my favorite yeah, movies awesome. of last year. It made my top five. That was like the McCoy. beginning of
0: the McConaughey renaissance.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. Man, he mm-hmm. was so great. In that Jack Black
0: was amazing in Bernie. Yeah. He really I still maintain that cool Jack life. Black is a talent. I just... He just can't be in everything, but when used correctly, that guy's greatness. It is true. He's only a handful of times. Yeah, that he's been used correctly. Mm. I think. School of Rock, Tropic Thunder, Bernie.
1: Yeah. Gulliver's Travels.
0: <laughs> you know what is on TV all the time, and every time I, it is, I pause it and I scream at my girlfriend for twenty <laughs> minutes because I can't believe it. Is is shallow? Howl. <laughs> like are, it's always on TV, and it's like wh- who who yeah. watches this? That's true. Were the rights that cheap where it's like literally we air it and three people watch, we make money. Yeah. Like is that? I don't know. Sorry, Shell How rant of the podcast. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I, I try to differentiate our podcast, but I know a lot of other podcasts out there are doing a lot of Shell How talk. And I promise <laughs> we'll, we'll step away from <laughs> it now. Uh, there's a little bit of good news guys for one of our,
1: one of our favorite people to talk about on this podcast, uh, Adam Sandler. Apparently he's doing a serious role next. Apparently Jason Reitman is doing a yes. movie whom I adore mm-hmm. and I loved up in the air and some other
0: stuff he's done, but did either of you see young adult? Yeah. yeah. Yes, I did. Uh, I never did. was it? Is it good? Like it just disappeared. Pretty good.
1: Okay? Pretty yeah. forgettable. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's fair. But it wasn't bad by any means. It just wasn't stretching the medium, no. I wouldn't say. It's not groundbreaking. But Charlie Starin is just great in, in anything she's ever done. Just mm-hmm. great to look at. Great to listen to. Yeah. And it's mainly just... great to look at. Yeah. <laughs> just great to look at. So like a monster. But, but apparently... <laughs> <laughs> dude, I couldn't get through monster. As soon Stop. as they pull out the pole and... The yeah. pole yeah. scene happens. Yeah, It's just couldn't. What one of the
2: best Arrested Development moments ever? Yeah, when uh, they do the cut, they call back
1: to like how she yeah. looked before uh, plastic surgery. Tremendous. Seriously, um, tremendous. <laughs> what was I? What was I'm I'm I sorry. just talking a b- about? <laughs> <laughs> about Charlie Theron? Yeah, got Jason on a... Reitman. Oh yeah, Jason Reitman is. Um... So it's apparently Adam Sandler's is going to play a dad, just an out offbeat. Kind of role. Um, the movie uh, is man. called Men, Women, and Children. Men. So Google Men, Women, and Children. Adam Sandler. He's a, okay. yeah. So apparently he got the memo. He listens to Matt About Movies.
0: <laughs> he's um, great. I mean, yeah. Punch Drunk Love is one of my favorite performances of anybody in the last ten or fifteen years. Sure. And Rain Over Me is a weird movie, but he's good in it. And Spanglish, and he's he's talented. Yeah. <laughs> he's just here's the stop thing. Hanging out with your friends.
2: Yeah, but the thing is, like, okay, can't you say he got the memo? Great, that's great. The rest of the world has to get the memo too. Because if this movie tanks, or if critics say, "Hey, that sucked," or or Sandler was terrible, or whatever, then he's gonna go right back to making a sequel yeah. to Jack and Jill, you know, and Grown Ups nineteen, and all this crap. So, the yeah. world needs Adam Sandler to stop making awful movies. So, I hope everybody will go out and see this movie.
0: I'll see it twice, even yeah, if it's bad. We've,
2: we've got to help the, the case. That's
0: <laughs>
1: Yeah, apparently it is returning to his Punch Drunk Club um, times. So that's his goal with this, That's just which is great. Yes. And it's it's great all around. Um, there's one more thing that I want to talk about. Is it about. great? It is. <laughs> <laughs> Rewind and, and find out. There's one more okay. thing I want to talk about, Richard. You mentioned in the last week – we did a brief weekly recommends. Didn't really get to talk about our weekly recommends, but you mm-hmm. screened a documentary that I would like to discuss. Just I did. For I five screened it's
0: so. yeah. I did. And talk about it a little bit. Well, it's uh, It's a. I want to talk about what I like about this movie. So it's a on the on the on the front, uh, just a movie about comparing digital, uh, filmmaking against. Uh, you know film filmmaking redundant uh, i don't want to use the word analog but using you know the the comparison it's between analog. using computers and uh, using you know film uh, chemical and and you know faux. and it's it's an argument that we have in a lot of different artistic mediums you have it in music you know people recording on analog tape talking about sound quality being better and then people saying you know recording digitally uh, and saying that they can do a lot more with it and things like that. And then th- there's valid arguments on both sides. What I loved about this movie w- were two things. Number one, it presented very valid, valid arguments on, on both sides, why, why they're both have perks to them. Second thing I really liked is it didn't delve too much just in the quality of the film, right? It didn't say... You know, film looks better than digital. Digital is more digital is clearer than film. It didn't do that. It did that a little bit. Explain the difference visually, but it also talked about what I found was really interesting is one of the arguments for digital as opposed to film, which I had never really occurred to me. I, I knew it. I understood it. Was always understood, but I never really thought about it. The turnaround time. The, the turnaround time and being able to watch your performance immediately after and how that can affect when, you, when you're when you doing film, it just goes into the ether and you don't really know. And it really can affect a performance either way. Now, sometimes you could say it's a perk in film's case that you, you don't get in your own head. You simply just act like theater and then it, you know whatever happens, happens. Whereas with digital, you can go back and rewatch it and tweak your performance, things like that. And that, that can be looked at positive or negative either way. But the effect on performance is the part I found the most interesting, along with Keanu, uh, Keanu's beard and hair changing literally every interview he does. <laughs> yeah.
1: I, I agree. And it, there's a lot of interesting interviews in the movie. It's Keanu Reeves does or produced the documentary and sort of serves as the host. The documentary is called Side by Side. I don't know if you mentioned that.
0: Can I'm sorry. To... I don't think I did. It last week. I right? yeah. It's side by side. It's it's. You know what? It's on right now. I don't know if it's on Netflix or anything. But PBS is airing it a lot. That's where really I watched it. Watched. Cool.
1: Yeah. Well, because you watch PBS on, you know.
0: You know, I really don't. I don't as nerdy as I am. <laughs> that is one thing I do. I, don't. I do have Charlie Rose though. Yeah, late. Charlie's the man. Some late um, night. And anyone that could see our podcast studio can see we just have a black sheet behind us. Yeah. Just had a, we sit around a big wooden <laughs> table. Actually, we do this podcast on, uh, separately, and I'm actually sitting on a big round table right now, believe it or not, a kitchen table. But uh, nice. uh, yeah, I don't. I just you know was flipping through the guide and like saw it and recorded it and forgot all about it, and then like a week later watched it.
1: Nice. It is on Netflix, by the way. But I just wanted to say something great about it is when they're talking to Martin Scorsese, and he just basically – his mentality on the whole digital versus analog film – he's like well whatever is right for the project i'll do i mean he'll try anything out sure. you know he's he's not going to say no before he's seen the results you know mm-hmm. and that's something that's, that i really admire about scorsese and how his films have been able to adapt over such a you know decades you know, to adapt and stay relevant his new stuff which opposed as opposed to like a filmmaker like tarantino who has said he'll never ever switch to digital His movies—he doesn't allow his movies to even be projected on digital that I know of anymore. He—I mean, I'm sure they are, but he strongly opposes it. But he but that's a totally different thing because Tarantino's movies take place in literally the the same universe. I mean, big Kahuna Burgers in one movie and in another, you know, and it's the same thing. So to stay consistent in that regard, I totally kind of understand. Mm -hmm. But. I really admire Scorsese for being all over the map, and I, and his movies okay. are each individual, different things. You know that's
0: what's great about film in general, right? I mean, there's people I admire on every side of that. I mean, I think Tarantino is this ultimate. You know, the same with music. You know, Tarantino is sort of the the Jack White, the putting everything on vinyl or putting it on film, and then you have someone like Trent Reznor who's completely digital, and he's like a Robert Rodriguez, and you have you know you can there's these and then you have Scorsese that can hop all around. I mean, it, these these the, the issue of technology within art is is really inarguable on any side because every side is correct for whatever artistic medium is is. I, Tarantino's movies would definitively be worse if they were shot digitally. I can say that, and Robert Rodriguez's movies would probably look terrible if they were shot on film. Um, you know, this is this is. The, the state of the the world right now, I suppose.
1: A bit surprising that S- Star Wars new trilogy is going to be shot on film, or at least Episode Seven.
0: Yeah, so that's kind of cool. Well, it's hard to get the lens flares in digitally.
1: <laughs> I mean, you got probably got a point there, but that's. I mean, that's just a cool thing to go back. Yeah. I mean, considering the prequel trilogy it was all digital. and Attack of the Clones. It's crazy that we're bringing up Attack of the Clones for the second time <laughs> in this podcast already. Attack of the Clones is the first movie ever to be shot entirely digital and mm-hmm. using digital. So, I mean, that's crazy. But what I
0: wanted to mention – And it looks like it. We're in this weird we, – well, I think we're emerging from it now. But we – you know, 10 years – in the last 10 years when digital first uh, came out and people were hating on it, you have to understand that's the worst it's ever going to look. Right. Um, <laughs> and so – and, uh, you know, we're kind of the guinea pig for this technology, unfortunately, as a generation. You know, I'm sure our kids will watch things that are digital that – cannot be imagined uh, so attack of the clones looks terrible and it's digital but it, it's a terrible movie it would probably look equally bad in film
1: the coen brothers are in the news promoting inside lewin davis which is <clears> coming <throat> out later this year <sighs> yeah i'm drooling to richard
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: but the, i mean the, they brought up this same topic and i wanted to run it by you guys just before we move on to riddick chat um, they say that Inside and Davis might be the last movie they'll ever shoot on film. Mm. So yeah. they um, apparently are making the switch to digital, um, mainly because their cinematographer, Roger Deakins, has already made that transition and apparently prefers it over film at this point. And, and Roger Deakins shot Skyfall, which mm. if you haven't seen Skyfall, is unreal and it's shot digitally and that's that movie has been known since it came out as here's what you can do with digital Yes, here's how great it can look Compared, I mean comparatively I don't know how great Skyfall would have looked on film probably equally great but I mean still every shot in Skyfall is just awesome especially the ending and I mean there's the Coen brothers are going to kill it with digital so Uh, what are your thoughts Brian on all this stuff
2: yeah, I I think you guys said you guys put it quite well. It depends on the project, it depends on the uh the director. Um I think Inside Lewin Davis absolutely should be on film. Um, but I also think that if if digital is good enough for Roger Deacons, then it's good enough for me, you know what I mean? I and mean, that guy's amazing. So, um, you know, the the project and the director should determine what's happening. That's I, I love Side by Side and uh and you said you said it perfectly, uh Kent, uh Scorsese, I think, is is the standard on that because he'll do whatever's best at the, for that time for that film. Um, he doesn't really get you know bogged down. And no, I don't do digital. Hugo would have looked strange if it was on film. You know Scorsese what I mean? um, now
1: seems like he's about ease. He's like he realizes how much time it it saves to, yeah, yeah. to do a digital. Oh, I can do it in three D. Oh. Of right. course I want to do it through. Oh, I can shoot this digitally? Of course I will shoot it digitally, you know? He's like, totally. he's so yeah. open-minded. I love that. Didn't mean to cut you off there. No, but. no,
2: that was, that's all I had. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with you guys. It it, uh, it makes a difference. Honestly, what makes the difference is how talented the person behind the camera is. You know what I mean? It, you sure. Know, uh, Attack of the Clones could have been on film. It wouldn't have been any better because George Lucas doesn't know what he's doing anymore. I mean, that's just a fact in my, you know. In, in my opinion, anyway. Um, so, Cohen Brothers like, moving to digital is probably is probably a good thing when it's all said and done, because they know what they're doing.
1: This is a conversation that we're probably going to have multiple times on the show, so I'm glad we kind of broke the ice with this little five-minute talk, because, I mean, I could talk a lot about, you know, where this is where <laughs> going and all that stuff. Recording
0: so. music-wise, because, you know, you've got a music background, did you ever record analog, or did you always go digital? Uh,
1: we always recorded digital, okay. and I, I've, I've recorded on an analog we, – or we recorded drums analog on tape, I think, okay. but we recorded digital most of the stuff. Um, we used a Neve board for our first EP, which is the same kind of board that they use on in Sound City, if you've seen that documentary, yeah, so, yeah. which, I mean, it's just a great – known as a great board, which I think our EP sounded probably the best. I mean, mm-hmm. it just had such a warmth to it, but I, I still think that, I mean, our our first album was shot digitally at Red Bull Studios, I mean, and Red Bull is a company that's, you know, only, I mean, digital, of course, I mean, yeah, why would they true. use Analog at Red Bull? And it was only the second album to ever be recorded on that board, and it, I mean, I think it sonically sounded so far superior to anything that we had done, Analog, so, I mean, there's... Arguments for both. I mean, some prefer that warm sound. Some prefer the crisp, clean digital sound. I mean, it's just two different things, and it's just... I mean,
0: you've got to have the perfect, you know... The thing about, I think, in music recording, this is my opinion as an as an amateur, you know, you can get this incredible sound with analog, but you've got to have the perfect atmosphere to do it, whereas with digital, you can get a, almost nearly as good, and you can get it 100% of the time, right? I mean, you can...
1: Yeah, it's all of the it's all of the like you said with the, with film it's the person behind the camera with music it's the person yeah behind the microphone I mean Jack white stuff would sound like crap
0: recorded digitally yeah I mean it just wouldn't fit you know and and someone like Reznor would sound really off recorded analog do you think
1: uh, perhaps I mean yeah you, you wouldn't get the bass response that yeah exactly. a lot of his stuff gets with the 808s and yeah speaking of hesitation marks. Pretty dang good record. Not yeah, now, it is. It just came out a couple weeks ago. So Very check good. that out. That'll. I'm not going to recommend it for my weekly recommend, but I'll recommend it there. Great stuff. Uh, let's move on, guys. Hey, ma'am, fam, question for you. Do you own a small business or are you a boss? Are you looking to hire awesome people, but you just can't find somebody to fill that role? Well, let me tell you about ZipRecruiter.com. With ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to 100-plus job sites all with one click. In fact, over 80% of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. That's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them. Right now, you can post your jobs for free on ZipRecruiter by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. One more time, try it for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Thanks to ZipRecruiter for supporting this episode of the Mad About Movies podcast. Hey, what's up, ma'am, fam? Kent here. And yes, if you're hearing from me, you know it's time to talk about Blue Apron. If you haven't tried out Blue Apron by now, what the heck are you even doing? Blue Apron is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. They deliver fresh meals straight to your door. All the food is fresh, it's sourced from local farms, and there's no wasted ingredients. I've been a Blue Apron subscriber for a long time now, and they have still, to this day, never let me down. There's tons of variety. Some featured upcoming meals include summer vegetable and egg paninis, Soy glazed pork and rice cakes, skillet vegetable chili with cheddar drop biscuits, holy crap. And garlic butter shrimp and corn with green bean salad. So take it from me. Try out Blue Apron now. Go to blueapron.com slash mad. That's blueapron.com slash mad. Get three meals on us for free. Nothing goes better with a movie than dinner. So check out Blue Apron. Blueapron.com slash mad. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. And let's get this over with. Let's talk about Riddick. Um, hunters. I've been hunting Riddick for ten years. He's the most dangerous man we've ever tracked. My body's been doubled. I've come to collect your head in a box. Right here. So yet again, we play for blood. We weren't really anticipating this one much, I don't think. Yeah. You know, I think we had made fun of it earlier in, a, in an episode earlier this year. But uh, we did it anyway. We saw the movie, and we'll give our initial thoughts. Let me just let me just try to get mine out here without sounding too rude. Um, <laughs> mainly, coming out of this, I was just so uninterested. And that's the word that I really, mm-hmm. I think, can use to sum up my experience here watching this movie. I'm just so uninterested in the character's. In the action, it just seems so old. I mean, it really felt like I stepped in a time machine to 2003. Yeah. With this movie. The first, like, 10 minutes of the movie are just really strange and insanely violent at the beginning. Like, the movie opens with Diesel, like, setting a fracture in his leg, and then, yeah. (laughs) screwing into his leg with like a screwdriver (laughs) for no apparent reason other than to show it you know um it starts out kind of like a galactic life of pie or something (laughs) like this awkward diesel voiceover and then you just see animals like fighting with each other for 10 minutes and uh then the movie just then diesel goes away for 40 minutes And you get this character development, like you follow this crew around space or whatever or on this planet trying to escape this planet I'm assuming. And they're all people that I don't really give two flips about. Uh, Dave Bautista was the only one that I wanted to watch. (laughs) (laughs) Really. I mean out of the ten people that they cast, he's the only one that had star power I thought. And just – it was too violent in the middle, too slow in the middle. Uh, I mean, too violent at the beginning, too slow in the middle. Uh, needs more diesel. I yeah. mean, diesel's not even in half this movie. I'm willing to put money on it. And that's shocking. In a movie yeah. called Riddick, about Riddick, that he... I mean, he comes off as the antagonist in most of the film. And I don't know if that's on purpose. And, Brian, you probably know more about the Riddick mythos than I do. Sure. But that's my some of my initial impressions. So, Brian, just... Uh, talk me through your experience watching reddit
2: yeah it's uh it's not a good movie um, and it i I think it could have been a good movie I think I, I texted you guys when I got out I felt like I felt like some of the parts were there for a good movie and it just uh it just didn't come together the way it should have I totally agree with you um all of the stuff with the bounty hunters and there's there's two different teams of bounty hunters trying yep. to fight over Riddick, and it's, uh... I just... You don't care about any of those characters, and the acting is really bad, and I've seen a couple of those actors do decent work in other things. Katie Sackhoff's okay. She's, she's actually very good on uh, Battlestar. Galactica, and, oh.
1: uh... Yeah.
2: Uh, the main... Santana, whatever his name is. Jordy, uh moya i think um has been in some stuff i mean they're not they're not awful actors they're just they don't give good performances they have nothing to work with and you just really don't care about anything that happens with them i think the movie would have been far better off just letting uh just letting it go the way it started and just have like riddick by himself just do like an i am legend type thing and fight for survival or you know the typical there's a ship on the other side of the planet or something you know whatever um just kind of him fighting rediscovering his animalistic nature and fighting for himself I don't know it's uh I love Diesel we all we all love Diesel um and I think he's okay in this it's not anything up to the level of uh Dominic Toretto but you know he's fine and he loves this character, um, and I, I appreciate that. I think he really wants this to be a bigger deal than it is. I, I think oh, is a, is a good way to to, to put it. I it's think he probably
1: likes doing this more than the Fast series. I think he does too. I think too. he, I
2: think he and, and he loves this character. And I am Richard. Are you? Have you seen the other two movies? Are you familiar with this?
0: Yeah, I've loose seen trilogy. Lack.
1: I, I, I feel like I've seen. I feel like I've seen them, but it's just been ten years. Yes,
2: yeah. oh, and, that, and I
1: vaguely remember. I remember them being more entertaining than this, though.
2: Yeah, to yeah, that's to my point totally. Um, I would like honestly what I would like is for this quote unquote trilogy because it's it's really not a trilogy. It's just three movies with the same main character. But whatever. Um, I would like for this trilogy to have been made all three films within seven years of each other and with about the same budget for all three movies and with a, some sort of plot that extends from one through, through the other two, if that makes sense. Because I think, um, I think this gets bogged down heavily in trying to, Play off as a sequel to the other two movies, and it really doesn't fit. and And that's because none of these three movies go together at all. Pitch Black is a very, I think, is a very good sci fi, horry aspect uh, aspect movie that uh, I really like a lot. Chronicles of Riddick is a big budget, wannabe blockbuster type movie, and then this is kind of going back to that Pitch Black roots, but it's done so loosely and sloppily that you just can't really uh, get invested in it. Um, so I, I think as a fan of Diesel, I wanted to care about this character the way that he cares about this character. And I just couldn't, I, there's nothing in the movie that should, that demands that, you know what I mean? There's nothing that, that makes you really care about, about Richard B. Riddick, which is the worst. I mean, really his name is Richard B. Riddick. That's terrible. But, uh,
0: no, it, it's uh it's It was an honor to share a name with a Vin character, though. Yes, yeah.
2: yeah. No, anyway, I I uh, I was kind of excited about this movie six or seven months ago before we had seen a trailer or anything. Just because I do like the first two movies, I think more than most people, I like those movies. This one, uh, it just it just doesn't do anything to pay off that excitement for. The return of the character or really let's be honest really it's the any excitement i had was really for the return of diesel as this character you know what i mean
1: yeah i i do know what you mean what's most offensive there are two things here one one being that carl urban is cast or is billed as the second guy on the cast <laughs> yeah and he's in the movie less than five seconds yeah, I mean he's in it for five seconds. It was extremely underwhelming. <laughs> you yeah. know he his character seemed really weird, and his accent was kind of lame. I would have liked yeah. to see Carl Urban in the movie for more than five seconds. And I I'm not exaggerating. He's... He was in it for one half of a scene.
0: <laughs> I would say he was probably cut out. Right? If, uh, maybe that character didn't test well or something. I, think, I
2: doubt it. I, I think it was more. Uh, schedule conflict, and no real desire to do it. That would be my guess.
1: Maybe they're going to bring him back for the next (laughs) two movies that they're planning. Riddick 4 and 5. Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) But the other thing I wanted to say that was just offensive, it's just, this movie's just ugly.
0: Yeah, it is. It's just really, really hard hard on your eyes. It's Mm -hmm. just,
1: you can tell the entire thing was shot green screen. I mean it's it looks like they're just standing in the middle of a green room and everything around them is fake. And it's just the entire movie's in like sepia tone. Yeah. Like the entirety of the movies in sepia tone and sepia. It's just just so horrible on the eyes and just the CGI was quite, quite bad. Especially on like the little dog, like before the dog <laughs> grew up. Yeah. Like the puppy version was just yeah. the fakest <laughs> Fake a CGI puppy that I've seen. I don't know how many CGI puppies I've seen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but, uh, I thought
2: the early going wasn't awful looking, um, but especially once it got into, like the last third of the movie is them fighting a whole bunch of monsters. In the dark, and, in the rain. Yeah. I thought it looked like a, like a Power Man 5000 video or something like <laughs> <that>. Directly <laughs> out of the, the early aughts. Um, I mean, it's just terrible.
1: Terrible. Richard, I we haven't really gotten your thoughts
0: <laughs> so give us as much as you can on Riddick uh there's not a whole lot i there, I will say though it it has made twenty seven million dollars
2: yeah
0: um, so it's probably Thank gonna make God. its money back um it's really poorly directed i i it's hard to because pitch black is pretty visually cool, sure um and this is the same director, correct, yeah, it's odd. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's visually ruin, ruins the whole movie. It's just sandy. I mean, I understand they're on a sand planet, but I mean, it's just like uh, it, it's just a very unappealing aesthetic movie. Um, and you know, as as much as I've pledged my life to Vin Diesel, not exactly <laughs> an actor charisma worthy of of carrying uh, sort of a <laughs> nihilist uh, space movie. Um, Carl Urban, yeah, it was that was really weird. You're right, Kent. Not nearly enough. Of, I'm not trying to just rehash every point you guys made, but you guys got to speak first. But yeah, for a movie that was like totally come come. It's called know, Riddick. It's called Riddick, and it totally came to be <laughs> because of Vin Diesel, sort of his reemergence in the zeitgeist of the world, as well as like financially putting up a lot of his own money, and also he got the rights to this back to make it by appearing in Fast Three.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, Tokyo Drift. That's how this movie got made is instead of taking money, he got the rights to Riddick back. So as much as he had invested in this movie and you would think he'd be in it a little more. um, But, you know, I'm not going to make
1: time for fast six and seven,
0: you know, and I'm not going to hate on him for that for one second. Exactly. But uh, yeah, this is like, look, you know. I understand it's a passion project for it. By the way, what a funny thing to be pa- so passionate about. <laughs> um, but, you know, Vin, Vin is going to be successful if he just understands that this is, this is the life you lead now, buddy. I mean, you just got to do Fast and Furious movies or movies like Fast and Furious. People love it. And you're not going to be able to do the sort of darker, serious stuff, man. I, I'm sorry. You, I know you're a smart guy, but you, you've got serious dumb face and... We just can't really take you seriously in a movie like this. So um yeah, not a not a fan. Big Vin fan. Love Vin. Super psyched for Fast Seven. Uh, but uh this was a uh this was pretty low. This was a, a D or an F from me.
1: The next thing we're seeing
0: Diesel in though,
1: guys, Fast Seven, followed by Guardians. Right. Yeah. So yeah. the next next diesel we see on screen is gonna be Dom Nick Toretto. You realize that. Hey, no, that's fine that with me. Be. It'll be great. Did we ever talk about the casting for Fast Seven? The casting news that broke. Oh, uh, Kurt Russell? Yeah. I don't think we did. I don't think we podcasted it. <laughs> I mean, so great. How great? How, great. Such great. An- How
0: <laughs> random and awesome! Such a shame that Swayze passed away.
2: Yeah. Good point, Richard. Jeez. Yeah.
0: Swayze would have been strong in a fast. Um, Too soon. It, no. It, I know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> The, um, it's like what will you think like that,
1: that Douglas took the Denzel Washington
0: role? Uh, you mean R- Russell? Kurt Russell? Uh, yeah, Kurt Russell. Kurt Douglas would be. Kurt, Kurt, know, Kurt Douglas. Kurt, Kurt Douglas is a little old. <laughs> <laughs> I like picturing
1: him Just like, sorry.
0: Push the NAS nice
1: button. I said oh. Douglas because I learned earlier today that Michael Keaton's real name is Michael Douglas. Well,
0: I did? Yeah. I knew that too. Yeah, I
1: so Douglas changed. on the brain, guys. Sorry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, yeah no I'm I, yeah probably the same part they're around the same age age bracket so that's fine I'll take Kurt Russell I'm in I haven't seen him in a while
1: you know I jokingly said earlier in the podcast pray that we don't get a triple X reboot but I'm oh, reading that's... here coming soon triple X the return of Xander Cage starring Vin <laughs> Diesel as Xander Cage
0: that's but like to me that's a lot more marketable than Riddick. I don't know about that post avatar I, I don't think so i I think
2: there's a it's not a huge group, but there's a I think there's a fairly
0: substantial
2: fanboy group for for Riddick
0: there I, mean, I don't know if there is I'm before. telling you if you made a a look Riddick's gonna make forty million dollars that's great if you made a mildly watchable triple x three every every idiot sorry. I can say this. Every idiot that liked Fast and Furious is going to go see that. Yep. That's or at true. least at least 60% of them, which, by the way, is going to be about $200 million. It's yes. not going to be $200. But I'm just saying a good Triple X movie can make $100 million. And a good Riddick can only make $50 million.
1: That's true. Out of the four people in my screening... I'm not kidding. There was four people in my screening last night. 7 o'clock on a weekend. Uh, but out of the... Out of the four, two of them, two teenage guys, stood up and clapped following Riddick. <laughs> they were they yeah. were sprinting into the theater and just elated at the end. I mean, you you said it right, Brian. There is just a just enough fanboys to warrant that this movie came out in the first place. Yeah, and I got a sequel? I, I I can't see justifying a sequel on a forty million dollar take. Well, it didn't no. cost
2: anything to make. And that's and, it. Cost and what, less
1: than forty million. Yeah, yeah like twenty-eight
2: million. Yeah. Oh make, wow! Because they did it all independently um, and all on green screen. Yeah, so. <laughs> and we need to see what happens overseas too. I think honestly, I think the biggest problem with this series is is David Tui, the director and yeah. writer. I Richard, you said you know uh, basically Diesel can't really do more than he you know has shown to this point, like with Fast and Furious stuff. I slightly disagree in that I think that he is capable of doing
0: um, I forgot you're a huge find me guilty fan <laughs>
2: um, I'm not going to say he's, he's ever going to be like an Oscar caliber performer but I think he's got some good, uh, some good performances in him that go beyond the likability of Fast and Furious but I don't think that he's capable of elevating bad material yeah. And I think that's, that's like his biggest issue right now is like him and him and the director are, are tight and he's very, he seems very
1: loyal to them. And I think, and it's I all, think he's tweet. all about
0: family. It's all yeah. about family. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We know anything but, uh, about him.
1: Yeah. I, but I he think says he, that in this movie too. Yeah. He says, he says that, that in Riddick. He's like, yeah. it's all it's about, your about your family. It's, it's <laughs> his mantra.
2: Yeah. No, I, I think his biggest issue, honestly, is that if they move forward with another Riddick sequel or two. He's got to find, at the very least, he's got to find a new writer and
1: probably a director too. Because I just, I don't think it's not happening, man. Yeah, it's all the stuff I've seen about the sequels to to Riddick is him and David Tui just like, all right, it's me and you, bro. Let's do this, you know. I
2: think Tui owns part of the the uh, the rights too, and that that may be part of it. But regardless, not a very good director. At one point, was a good writer. The guy wrote uh, the Fugitive and a couple of other like decent movies. Um, he's not doing it anymore, and I, the material in this movie just or on the script is just bad, and it just doesn't. I don't know. Diesel's not a guy who's going to take a bad script and elevate it to a B plus. You know what I mean?
1: <laughs> that's just. I think that's just that we've fake. seen yet. Yeah, I yeah. just can't wait for him to do to just turn into Marlon Brando you know just late <laughs> in his career just just in the oscars just
0: yeah. <laughs> dude's
1: awesome just roles that require him to sit in a chair and just talk you know yeah
2: well he's uh he's bright enough that really the most realistic thing for him to do is to become stallone and write his own stuff um since he's already producing all this stuff like write it write it himself because he's smart enough to do that he's a, he's a bright guy um Despite the way that he looks and the general perception about him, kind um, you know go that route and uh, and and make your own stuff and, and you'll be uh, I think you'll be better off than uh, continuing to hit your your wagons to, uh, to David Toey and guys like that.
1: Why haven't we ever talked on this podcast about the 2008 epic Babylon a d Starring in <laughs> Diesel?
2: Because it's a really
1: bad movie. you seen it, Brian? <laughs> yeah, I have. Okay, this movie yeah. was released in a year where I don't think I went to a movie at all <laughs> other, than the dark, other than The Dark Knight. Yeah. Which, I, that's all I remember seeing that year. But Babylon AD, what is this about? I've never heard of it.
2: It it's looks terrible.
1: It looks futuristic. like Battlefield Earth.
2: Yeah, it's futuristic. I mean, I, I, you know, I can't tell you anything about it. I can tell you what the IMDB page is. It's futuristic, and I know there's a gun that shoots like explosives or something. Um, but I, I don't have any idea what it, what else it was about. Um, but you've seen it. I do remember thinking (laughs) diesel man, not bad, not bad, but the movie, geez, that's terrible. But as we have established, I, I can see no fault in Mr. Diesel. So, you know, who, who knows? It could be the worst movie of all time. I know people that think it's one of the worst movies of all time. So, you know, it's, uh, it's not good. Uh, Matthew Kozovitz is the writer director, so if that does anything for you, wait
0: that Matthew Kozovitz? <laughs> yeah, no, the other one. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> yeah, cool.
2: Uh, by yeah. the way,
1: I'm I'm just, on this podcast. I'm gonna start calling Vin by his real name, Mark Sinclair. I know. <laughs> so anytime, tough, my step- let's just talk. My step- get some Mark talk in.
0: My stepdad's last name is Sinclair, so. I'm hoping that in some way I'm related. You probably
1: are. I mean, he could be any race, really. We've <laughs> talked about that. He's just right. neutral race. Yeah. He could be white. He could be Irish, like you, <laughs> Richard. <laughs> the pacifier. You guys seen that? Yeah. yeah. Great. Yeah. Is it? i i I. You it's... seem. I. I know you. You're not being serious, so I'm not even gonna go there.
2: I, I've seen it. It's fine. It's a kid yeah. movie, you know. I haven't seen it. I've seen all of his movies, Ken.
1: <laughs> really? I'm books, sure you books, have.
2: I'm look. I'm looking at the IMDb from Saving Private on Saving Private Ryan on the only one that I have not seen is the aforementioned Find Me Guilty. So uh, oh, boiler, Yeah, a
0: Good pool for me though, right? Yeah,
2: way to go, man! That was, that was solid.
0: Thanks. You, you've seen Strays.
2: No, that's the one. That, that's his first From Saving Private Ryan on, yeah, yeah. Oh, so, okay. I miss, okay. I miss Strays. Strays was not available until like four years, ten. I don't know, four or five years ago.
0: Man, I, I don't know whether or not to be impressed or super bummed out. You know all this about Vin?
2: <laughs> am, I, uh, am I? Am I taking the title of biggest? No, Vin look, it's or? always been
0: yours. There's people that attribute <laughs> it to me. Uh maybe I'm more vocal <laughs> about my love, but you're you've you know, you take the cake. I, I will happily admit that uh you're more of a, a Diesel fanboy than I.
1: So, he's got another movie coming out 2014 called The Last Witch Hunter. <laughs> plot, plot synopsis, the last remaining witch hunter <laughs> battles against an uprising of witches in New York City. And so, it, bas- it sounds like Priest. Yeah. That's it yeah, just that's, sounds horrible. That's and not You, you seen Priest, Brian? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like,
2: I have one like of the this. worst movies I've ever seen. Yeah, it was. I think it was in my bottom two for that year, whatever it was. I think that that might have been last year. Anyway, the year before. It if was not. The year
1: before. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that
2: was in my bottom two or three for the year. So, but you're right. It does sound like Priest. Is so.
0: so that the one with Paul Bettany? Yeah. Yeah. Which Harlem one? Brind-
2: you mean <laughs> you mean Priest, where he's fighting vampires, or Legion, where he's fighting demons, and it's the exact <laughs> same thing.
0: Are you? I forgot about Legion, yeah. <laughs> that's enough, Paul Bettany. You can go You can go now. <laughs> Dude, I was watching Knight's
2: uh, Tale the other day, and yeah. uh, that's like a strange movie where I think when I saw it, the first time I was like, this sucks. And the third time I was like, this is all right. And the sixth time I was like, I actually kind of like this movie. It's such a, a
0: weird... I always think that had to be one of the weirdest movie pitches of all time. Yeah, totally, yeah. Like, how do you pitch that movie to an executive? Like, okay, well, we got this awesome, like movie about jousting um yeah. don't worry we're gonna use all queen music <laughs> right yeah so i'll fire people <laughs> yeah. up
2: yeah it's uh it's such a weird movie but I, I i sat there and
0: watched it and i was like
2: man why is it paul bettany bigger he's really good in this and i was like all right priest and legion back to back that'll do it and that'll that it.
0: weird party had in the uh what was it the the angels and demons
2: yeah and da vinci code da vinci yeah. code
1: that was weird yeah <laughs> kind of
0: creeped everyone out on him plus yeah. he's in the girls with weird eyebrows. He's...
1: Guys, he's Jarvis, so he's he's laughing. Yeah, he's at got us. that.
0: He's yeah, he's got that Jarvis money, so that's fine. Great. Right.
1: Well, enough of our Paul Bettany podcast, guys. <laughs> we'll see you next week with more Bettany talk. <laughs> um, what if we only did movie news about Paul Bettany? <laughs> you know, well, it's guys, the, the like. Paul Bettany podcast uh, market is so competitive. I don't think we have a chance.
0: <laughs> What's funny is so many people are doing podcasts now, and we, we're certainly guilty. Uh, it's just the technology is so available, and everyone loves the sound of their own voice, but only ours is worth hearing. But it will get to a point where the market is so splintered that there will be like a like Bentany cast.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> let's do it.
1: I'm glad we we're on top of it and we already have yeah. the Bentany cast. Yeah,
0: let's go ahead and hey, Kent, go Train ahead market. and buy that uh, bettycast.com <laughs> domain when we get done. Don't worry. <laughs> if you don't mind. Anything else you guys want to mention about Riddick?
2: <laughs> no. What
1: Richard, you, what'd you give it grade wise? I'm gonna give it a D plus. Alright. I the entire time I was watching it, I just couldn't stop thinking about how I wished I was in another theater seeing a different movie called <laughs> Called the Grandmaster, which I'll talk about next week. Um, hopefully if we have time. But man, I was just so bored the entire it was this movie is just so hard to follow. It was it's an F in my it, wow. it hurt it hurt my eyes. It 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 was top five bad of the year worthy. I would well, knock something off. That's fair. That's fair for
0: it.
2: Okay. It was, it was Lone Ranger okay. level.
1: Okay. What? Go
0: ahead. Someone wakes up. And <laughs> you wake up one morning, and there's a weird guy in your room. He's wearing some sort of mid century uh, carnival barker outfit, and he he proposes to you a situation. You have to sit down and watch Riddick back to back twice, or. Watch now you see me four times in a row. <laughs> <laughs> Which do you choose? Uh,
1: probably now you see me because what?
0: Oh, four times? What? Four because times? it
1: would take less time than watching Riddick twice in a row because Riddick uh, was over two hours.
0: Riddick, I'm looking at it. Its runtime was two hours. Now let's yeah. look. Let's look at now you see me four times. That
1: is a 90 bold minutes, state, sir. That is bold. No, I'm. It was far. Now you see me is far worse. I think.
0: So you I don't know, know, Riddick is pretty was, dang bad. This movie was four hours horrible, of guys. Riddick over. No, Now You See Me's two. It they have the same yeah. runtime. So, eight hours of Now You See Me over four <laughs> hours of Riddick. Think about it, oh, Ken. I
1: don't know, guys. Riddick was this movie was horrible. This movie was as bad but as gosh, GI Joe. And
0: four hours of Riddick. No. Or eight I don't
1: hours. know, I. Dude, that's the only argument I could make is say. At least it's not as bad as Now You See Me, but it might be as bad. Like, Now You See Me might be better, honestly.
0: Yeah.
1: It's been so long since I've seen Now You See Me. I need to refresh. You need a my refresher, son. sir. I know you have the Blu-ray, Brian, so I'll <laughs> just borrow it.
0: you could just. I'll go over to Brian's and watch it soon. You I want to watch it both. You like, need yeah. to let
1: your one-year-old child watch it
0: just <laughs> okay. to get him started. Brian, do you have a good pause button on your Blu-ray player? Yeah. Like, it's in good shape, because I feel like I'm going to wear it out. Yeah, just calm With in. all of us just pause it. It'll take us seven hours to watch. Yeah. Two, two hours of Night me. So
1: two Ds and an F for Riddick. I gave it a C. Oh, you gave it was, a C? I didn't think it was oh, the wow. worst.
2: I, not even in my top five for sure this year, but okay, I'm, good, but I'm
0: looking at this real quick. I'm sorry. I'm on Box Office Mojo right now for Now You See Me, and now I'm <laughs> off on a tangent. I know, Brian, you got to go. <laughs> Give me a second here. No, you're good. <sighs> Now you
1: see me tangent is every week. So So you see me dollars
0: foreign internationally. How much?
1: 200
0: 200 million. Okay. Like if that's not enough to start another war. (laughs) (laughs) Like Obama's talking about this, you know, I apologize if you're listening to this podcast in six years, but if you're watching, listen to a Riddick podcast in 2017, just first off, take your earbuds out and strangle yourself. (laughs) But so while I was talking all this serious <laughs> stuff, right? And, and I think this is much more of a reason to get involved. <laughs> they gave $200 million. And they're, they want to whine about their economies internationally. And they're willing to give $200 million in Now You See Me. Sorry, I'm done. Has there been a more polarizing movie
1: this year than Now You See Me? Well, some I'll people think it's good. There, guys, this is the, this is the is hot good. and cold movie of the year. Can't people either despise it or love it. Like, there's no true. in between.
0: Get the bleeper ready. Um, (laughs) I'll be good. Yeah. People that like that movie, uh, we, look, I'm not a, I'm not a big fan of concentration camps, but, (laughs) I mean, like, if there's ever been a case, and I'm not saying this is it, but if there ever was a case, (laughs) you would have to consider putting these people in the camps. (laughs) Like we're yes. we're always talking about like how better our society would be if we could get like a high speed rail system, you know, like the <laughs> tube, the tube thing that that guy's talking about, the uh, PayPal guy, yeah, about I like it gets okay. you from yeah. New York to LA in like forty eight minutes. But they're like, well, we never have the infrastructure to build something like this. Here you go, people that like now you see me, <laughs> work camps built the tube.
1: Here's the test. Yep. Yeah. Um, enough about now you see me for this week again. Yep. Never enough. <laughs> Uh, let's move on, guys. Let's talk... Let's give our weekly recommends. Weekly
0: recommends. Um, Richard Bard. Weekly recommend. Uh, my weekly recommend is a... Uh, kind of a weird one. A uh, a Hulu series. I can never say that without, like, really going hick. Hulu. Uh, a Hulu series. Uh, but... <laughs> I just got caught up watching it the other day, and this is a weird thing about me. I think Larry King's a really good interviewer. Yeah. <laughs> so I've been watching his... He had I've Bill Hader it, yeah. on. I started watching the Bill Hader episode from a couple days ago, and they had, like, Corolla on and a few other people, and I was just, like, in. And I, I'm going to recommend Larry King now on Hulu. If you want to just kill... it's The perfect thing about it is it's not very long. You just want to kill 25 minutes and watch someone be interviewed well. And actually get a feeling of who they are and so on and so forth. Larry King now on Hulu.
1: I agree. And Larry King live back in the day, he was one of the very few um, people, legit journalist type people that would talk about UFOs on TV. Yeah. And I'm a really big subscriber of UFOs theories and alien existence and all that and I mean he's got he's continued doing it on his web series even more I mean he's interviewed a lot of legit I mean physicists and people like that on there and I mean it was just really intru- I mean that's how I kind of got acquainted to Larry King was through YouTube and watching his UFO interviews and stuff like that and him interviewing witnesses and st- I mean he's just like us he's just as curious as the average person is about that stuff that's what I like about Larry he's just such a Seems like just such a normal person, but he's still so smart, you know. Yeah, and he's gonna be
0: eighty here soon. People still... don't
1: realize he's still doing a show. That's yeah. just
0: online, you know. He's, he's only 80? Yeah, he's, he's only older. eighty. But don't wow. worry, his wife's younger than all of us. So. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> uh, Brian, have you seen that? I have not. I do
2: not have Hulu at the moment, so I have not. Well,
0: it's on that. Hulu free. I don't have Hulu. Okay, it's, it's
1: on, another on another site too.
2: Yeah, I can't. It's, it's on called Hulu. Ura
1: TV or something. Yeah. Aura TV, O-R-A dot T V, that's what it is. Okay. But yep. it's free on yep. there, so check it out. Sweet. Um I'm gonna give my week recommend. And it's sort of in the same vein as Riddick. I hate to put it in the same sentence as Riddick. But it's sort of the same thing. It's it came out around the same time last year, I believe. I know we were trying to think of movies that came out this time, but I thought of one. It's called Dread. Okay. And its I don't know if you guys saw it. it stars Carl Urban who we love and talked about earlier as dread in sort of this dystopian future type world where he's obviously a cop and they're trying to stop this evil drug lord sort of from distributing his product throughout the whole city or I mean it's real stereotypical type um, plotline, but it's just such a cool little science fiction movie especially if you can watch it in 3d if you have a 3d tv or have access to a 3d tv i mean seriously rent dread 3d and watch it it's awesome i mean it's really smart the way i mean the drug is called slow-mo so in 3d you know every time they take the drug in the movie it goes to like 3d slow-mo and I don't know if you've seen that effect. It's used like say in the beginning of *Zombieland*. zombie land, you know, the like really yeah. high detail slow-mo that they can do just a lot of really cool action scenes featuring, uh, that effect and just a really clever use of 3d. Um, because the entire movie he's trying to get up to the top floor of this tower. So he's constantly looking down at the ground and they're constantly looking up at him. It's just really great perspective that they use, uh, it warrants a sequel. I mean, it was a really smart and fun science fiction movie. But, I mean, we talked about Triple X, but it's kind of what's going to happen with Triple X, I think. There's just not enough interest there. I mean, Judge Dredd does not really have a fan base. I mean, Riddick has probably twice the fan base that Judge Dredd has. But So, I don't know if you saw it, Brian. Did you see Dredd? I did, yeah. Did you enjoy it?
2: Um, I like... I think I gave it a B. I enjoyed it... Um... To a degree, I a thing about me is that I do not like uh, British-ish action movies. Um, <laughs> right. I just it, it's it's not quite my style. Um, I usually I very much appreciate the way they look. And this movie, you're right, looks incredible. I thought Karl Urban was great, um, but I just I just can't get on. I I don't know. There's just something about this sort of movie. That uh, I don't know. I just can't get. I just can't get invested in it. But you're totally right. It's a it very.
1: It's a cool movie, and Carl uh, Urban is awesome. It's a really underrated movie. It's on Netflix. It, it came out last week on Netflix, I believe. So I thought I'd recommend it. And if you're a fan of cool little science fiction projects, and you probably are if you're listening to this Riddick episode, check out Dread, D R E D D from t- 2012. Awesome. Great. Not awesome. Not perfect. Okay, don't get angry (laughs) when it's not Oscar-worthy. But, I mean, it's a really cool, fun little science fiction movie. So go support it, because it needs a sequel. I think there's more to that treasure chest that needs to be uncovered. So, uh, Brian Gill, give us your week recommend.
2: Yeah, I'm going to pull a Richard, and... uh and just recommend the same thing that I recommended last week. I didn't get a chance to talk about it for a second, but also because I haven't... uh, That's all I've been watching this this last few days. So uh, my weekly recommend is Sons of Anarchy. Um, Usually when I do a recommend, I try to pick something that most people are going to want to watch. This is one that's definitely... It's not for everybody. It is very... um, very violent and very graphic at times. Uh, it's a it's a show on FX about uh, a motorcycle club uh, in California and uh, the the, tr- the shenanigans that they get into. It's entering its sixth season. It just actually is starting tonight. Um, the first four seasons are on Netflix, and then I think the fifth season should get added pretty soon. Before I started watching Mad Men, this was my this would have been my vote for the best show on tv um it's a it's very strong character wise the the situations that they get themselves in are enthralling every single week um they also do a great job of uh, one of the things that we i think we've talked about before but we dislike about tv shows on the networks and whatnot is that trying to stretch out a plot line or a story for 23 episodes or even worse into a second and third season uh one of the things that suns does so great it's only 13 episodes per season and each season for the first three the uh the antagonist is is completely different so you get kind of a wrap up from season to season and then move into the next season and it's a different it's a different thing that they're up against um, but with the experiences of the last season to uh, to build upon, if that makes sense. Yeah. And uh, anyway, it's a it, unlike some of the other shows that we love. Like uh, I love Mad Men. Uh, I'm getting more and more into Breaking Bad, but Mad Men, I can say definitively uh, is is probably I, I would say is the best show on TV. But I, it's not a particularly satisfying show. Um, I think the the point of Mad Men is to kind of stretch you and tell. Tell a very depressing story that's probably not going to end well. Um, one of the things that Suns does extremely well is it uh, they lead you on these long-winded storylines uh, for an entire season and uh, but they almost always pay it off. and it's a it's a very satisfying experience, uh, especially like the end of season three when they you get this this rush of finally this you know this thing you've been rooting for finally happens and it's just such a cool, uh, way they do it. Anyway, good acting for the most part. It's fun. It's very entertaining, and the the uh, character development is is superb. Uh, so I, I highly recommend it if you are somebody who can stand the you know Breaking Bad's and Mad Men and Game of Thrones and and Dexter stuff
1: like that. Um This is uh this is right up your alley. Sure. So if you're going to recommend one season, if I've never seen the show, what uh, season should yeah. I start with, or what season? should i buy on dvd
2: you can start with season four and just go from there to be honest with you season three is the best season of the show but it's only good because of where it where it where it goes from beginning to end if you didn't start at the beginning of season one and go through the end of season three you'd prop like i know a lot of people that weren't that were very frustrated with season three but it does such a great payoff in the last half of the final episode that uh to me, it's like the mark of a really good show because they they knew that FX was not going to cancel them no matter what their ratings were, that FX was committed to doing this show, and so they're able to tell a story that I don't think you could normally tell on, even like a like a Mad Men or a Breaking Bad or something like that. Um, FX is just so good to their their shows and to their showrunners and whatnot that they're They were able to do some stuff that, I honestly, I don't think any other show could get away with, except maybe something like HBO. Um, Yeah. And so it's it's just an incredibly gratifying experience once you get to the end of that. Um, But if you wanted to just start and go, you could start at Season 4, watch Season 5, and jump right into Season 6, I think.
1: Awesome. Sons of Anarchy. Can't wait to get into that one. I'm just so enthralled in Breaking Bad trying to get caught up for the season yeah. finale which is in a couple of weeks
2: yeah i just started man. really really plowing through that the last couple of days too so what, in, where are you at right now i am about two episodes into season two maybe three episodes into season two
1: awesome man you're i'm enjoying the, it man, yeah you're at a great little crest right there just awesome stuff at the end of season one and season yeah two and i'm yeah. I just starting season four today so sweet not too far behind we'll have our breaking bad episode this fall hopefully totally Uh, well Brian Gill let me ask you this where can I find you online you can find me on twitter
2: at bgill12 and you can find my writing at canbabiesdrinkredbull.com. Richard
1: Barden
0: you can find me at uh, Richard Barden on twitter or at richardbarden.com
1: find me on twitter at kent garrison find the podcast on the interwebs the interwebs at madaboutmoviespodcast.com. find our episodes on there weekly recommends on there contact the show on there and all that jazz. Anything else you guys want to mention before we get out of here for this week? <laughs> I want to mention, guys, Jurassic Park 4 is officially called Jurassic World. Cool. So we'll have to talk about that next week. Sure. There's a little teaser. But uh, on that note, until next time, we will see you at the cinema. Bye.
0: See
1: you. Now this is what it's like you ready?